Welcome into the nuts. It's another exciting week here at VEASAN. Amal, the NHL playoffs have started. The NBA play-in games start tomorrow. Of course, baseball still in action. French Open coming up. It's always a terrific time to have value in sports betting. Uh, it doesn't get any better than this. It's going to be a busy, busy weekend. We saw it with the NHL playoffs. How about the road teams going on and taking away the home ice advantage for so many of these teams so far? Well, three out of four. Yeah. Three out of four road teams, three out of four dogs. What's your early take? We've seen half the series in action already. Now, the other half still to get underway. Early takes on these first games. Well, look, I think uh, they're not going to be as the obvious unders. We saw Tampa get to nine goals yesterday. But remember, six out of the eight during the regular season against the Panthers went over that uh, five-and-a-half number. I think the Boston-Washington one's going to be an interesting one to keep an eye out for. And can Vegas score? They had, I think, 20 shots in the first period, couldn't even get on the uh, score sheet early on. Yeah, I thought Talbot was very good. Yeah. Flurry might have been better. Uh, Flurry, Flurry had the more difficult saves, although not as many. I'm concerned for Vegas. I'm concerned because they have trouble with Minnesota. And now if they've lost home ice, they're going to have to win an XL Energy Arena at some point in order to win this series. And is the board going to go with Flurry? I mean, if it's Leonard and Talbot's playing like this, it's over. Well, first of all, you got to go with uh, Marc-Andre Flurry. He was outstanding. But based on your assertion that now Vegas has got to win on the road, were you thinking they were going to win four home games and lose three road games? Very possibly. Very possibly they could do this. I mean, we've seen them do this previously in series. We see how dominant they are at home. Uh, so it's always, I mean, when they lost to San Jose in the first round a couple of years back, it's because they blew the game six or game six at home when they had a chance yeah. to close out in the triple overtime. All right, listen, Greg Popovich, it's not going to go that way. Let's 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 move on to something else. <laughs> I, I just think it's very I just concerning. think it's absurd that you say that's one game. Mark Andre Fleury was outstanding. Get twenty shots on goal. Cam Talbot stood on his head. It's going to happen. I think that both of these Pacific Division series were way overpriced. Well, that I agree with you on. I think I, I'm tempted. I it's not in the playbook, but I'm tempted to take the Blues tonight, getting two fifty. Well, I like Colorado at home. I think they're, they're ready for this. I think this team, with the stretch that they had beating Vegas and then winning the last two games against San Jose, I think this bodes well. Uh, I think the price is high for an individual matchup in this game between them and the Blues. Uh, but overall, to me, I think the one thing you have to do with Vegas is you have to take a look at the price in the book here in Nevada, and then you got to compare it to New Jersey and other places because this is so overinflated. You are paying a tax here. Maybe because we're next to California, we're being subject to this Vegas tax in terms of how much uh, you're paying on premium on this team. It should not be this high of a favorite against the Minnesota Wild, who have been outstanding against Vegas all year long. Yeah. I want to turn your attention to one of the series that we both said had a chance for a 1-4 upset. That was Islanders over Pittsburgh. Game played out just about how you think it would. Tough, low scoring. Somebody wins in overtime. I'm actually surprised the Penguins could get level to force it to overtime. You know, Islanders score with about four minutes remaining mm-hmm. or, and change, and then Pittsburgh to be able to get that thing level. The Isles win that one fairly quickly in overtime. I'm telling you right now, Pittsburgh's in trouble. I played under five and a half in the game. Mm-hmm. And at the six minute mark, I played over five and a half plus $3. Because I just thought if you get a goal in the next few minutes here, you're become an underdog with the empty net in, in, in the playoffs, right? I mean, so um, I, I too was surprised that it came back and they got to six in regulation. But remember that division in the East, first place through four, I think was only separated by seven points. Where you see other divisions, there's a 30 point gap between first and fourth. Look, when you look at this outside of maybe the North Division with the Canadian teams, I think everyone else is very competitive. Bennington could potentially stand on his head. I think Colorado's too deep, too complete of a team, so it'll be a challenge for the Blues. Minnesota knocking off Vegas is not going to be much of a surprise. You look between uh, Washington, Boston, New York, and Pittsburgh, any one of those four teams could emerge. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I do too as well. Carolina gets underway tonight against the Predators. Uh, I'm going to take a lot of opportunities to bet on Carolina in this series. 
I'm going to play them on the puck line tonight. I played them to sweep, and I played them to win in five. Rob Brindamore might be the greatest motivational speaker going in America right now. That first period to second period, locker room break, what he says to that team is unbelievable how they're always ready to go. I like them in this particular spot today. I know we're going to get into this in the plays uh, later on, but I think Carolina at home is going to be tough, and Mrazek is just outstanding. Any value you see in now playing Florida after they've lost the first game in a series price at almost plus $3, plus two eighty-five. I like plus 285, but Broska didn't play particularly well. But remember, there were three power play goals and a shorty. Right. And I equate, even though it's not the same as scoring a shorty as it on the power play, it's been special teams that were the key yesterday for the Lightning. If you are Florida and Joel Quinville, you cannot take dumb penalties. You want a street fight? You know where the other locker room is. Go fight them. If not, stay out of the box and play five on five. You will beat them. They will. They beat them all year five Absolutely. on five during the regular season. Stay out of the box. You're right. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's a Malshaw. NHL playoffs, of course, got underway Saturday with the Bruins and Capitals series. We had another three games uh, yesterday. Some surprising early results in that three out of four road teams won, three out of four dogs. Let's turn our attention, Amal, to the NBA. Play in. Good thing you went to the NBA. I thought we might have been doing news in Anchorage pretty soon. <laughs> or or, or, uh, or post-draft analysis, <laughs> post-schedule analysis on the NFL. We had one of them coming up here. All right, everything played out yesterday. Um the seeds are all set. We're ready for the play-in games. We know what the matchups are, one through six as well. Uh, any surprises where teams ended up? No, not really. Remember, Portland was in a great spot. I'll tell you one thing for future reference. If you didn't bet some of the NBA yesterday, pay attention. Remember, Portland needed this game to be able to get the sixth seed. They destroyed Denver. We saw the Lakers take care of business on the road against New Orleans. You saw, I thought it was a cheap line. I could not believe how low of a price Golden State was against the Memphis Grizzlies yesterday. Steph wins the scoring title. If there was a prop bet, you should have taken that one on Steph. Obviously, people are going to say it's a hindsight call. No, it's not. If you look in the last week of regular seasons uh, in basketball, in the National Hockey League, games fly over the total. In the NFL, there's opportunities for underdogs. We saw that with the Chargers and the Chiefs. I think it was this past year. It might have been two years ago. That was a strange in-game line, too. They were they were up six, six in the second quarter. They were only favored by five and a half. I, did, I, I didn't pull the trigger because it was another one. What am I missing here? Well, let, let, let me tell you, I think we as betters have to realize something. We're not missing anything. Sometimes, do you guys just hire bookmakers that are, and I don't, this doesn't apply to Matt Metcalf, but do you, are, is this city only employ bookmakers that are stubborn? No. Well, because then Not why enough. are they so steadfast on their line sometimes? Well, we find some examples, right? It's This isn't there's across the board. There's a plethora of them. Good you, word. You, you myriad. Know, there's a myriad of them. Uh, you know, to me, when you look at it, uh, there's a lot of situations in which I think people get scared of the number. Look, I've been guilty of it a million times over. I think you've probably done the same thing. You sit there and go, why is this number what it is? But you got to take advantage of it. And sometimes it might be what you think is incorrect. And sometimes you'll be wrong on it, but you got to live by that. I want to ask you about one of the series prices that's a, a 6-3 matchup in the West. The Nuggets are just a very slight favorite over Portland. 120, get back 105. Well, remember, they have the home court advantage. Uh, no Jamal Murray in the mm -hmm. lineup for Denver. Uh, this team plays well. Both teams play well at their respective home gyms. I think it'll be a challenge. The interesting thing to me here is uh, this pricing. Um, you know, Denver only at minus 120. I thought it would have been probably closer to 140. Uh, in terms of this line, by the way, though, the one question I continue to ask, why are we paying 12 and a half cents? Yeah. I just think you're, I agree with you. Um, I think it's very, very cheap. I think that's a cheap price. I would have thought Denver would have been about 150 here. You have the home court. They ended up with the three seed. They didn't play poorly after Jamal Murray and the Blazers really have not done particularly well in the playoffs. Well, they haven't. They've got a closer in Damian Lillard. Remember, though, this team has not been healthy for the majority of the year. You get uh, this team now starting to fire uh, Yusef Nurkic. Uh, C.J. McCollum, I think this team's got a chance. 
And then in the East, I wanted to ask you about the 5-4 matchup. Hawks-Knicks, which is almost a flat pick em. Yeah, you know, it almost feels fraudulent to see these two teams in there. I know the Knicks finished number four in the East, but are you really a believer that they're even in the same area code as the top three teams? I think Atlanta is going to end up losing this series. I like New York's chances a lot. I, I think the Knicks at a pick em price is favorable. Remember, they had the home court advantage. Math, The math alone, Mike, has to uh, have you on the New York Knicks here. Yeah, I agree with you. All right, we welcome into the program Brian Geltseiler, of course, at Hoops Critic on Twitter, host SiriusXM. You heard him on the weekend all season long during the NBA. Uh, welcome in, Brian. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure, guys. How we doing? We're doing great. We're on the the eve of the play-in games, which I think is just a, is just a great format. When you look at the play-ins in the East and the play-ins in the West, is there a team that's that's in the uh, the nine or the ten spot right now that you think will get in? No, I don't. I, I think I, I think if we would take one team that potentially would have a chance, um, I would probably have to say it's the Charlotte Hornets, but that's kind of how weak I, I think it is. And the only reason I say that is because I have little or no faith in Boston, and that's without Jalen Brown here. So I, I think that's a problem for them. With that, I still think that they get in. And I do think that the gap between the 7-8 teams in the Western Conference and the 9-10 is pretty significant. I, you know, the Lakers are not your typical play-in team. Certainly not. What, I mean, the league loves having LeBron and Curry on opposite sides of each other and the potential for both of them to be in the playoffs and have these extra games. With that said, the play-in wasn't designed to end up with the Lakers in it in this way. So in so many ways, it, the gap's huge there between them and those other two teams. The one that's interesting out of all the playing teams, is the Wizards. But they're not a 9-10 team right now. They ended up finishing at 8 because of, the, of this amazingly strong finish. And they're one team, if I look, obviously no one wants the Lakers. But even more so than the Warriors, if I'm a 1 or a 2 seed, I'm not happy getting the Wizards in the first round. They've been playing great basketball. And it's a balanced team from, from top to bottom. Westbrook's been terrific. Beal's back healthy. And they're getting a lot out of guys you wouldn't figure them to get a lot out of. It's been, And that team's got a lot of confidence, a lot of momentum. That's a little bit of a scary team in the playoffs, guys. Brian, I know what your answer to this is going to be. And B, uh, just go right ahead and fire at my partner here. He thinks the Warriors should sit all their key guys against the Lakers because he believes they're going to get blown out and get ready for their next game afterwards. Do you agree? I don't agree. I, <laughs> I think, I listen, right, I don't agree. I, I think that you, you put all the eggs in that basket, you squander what I think is a tremendous opportunity to be able to, you know, dispose of the Lakers in that one way. Listen, Steph Curry, what did he do yesterday? He had 46, right? Yeah. Curry can get hot enough that he can't be guardable for the Lakers, and that could be enough to push the Warriors over the hump, depending upon what happens with the Lakers. You don't know. You can't plan to sit anybody in these kinds of situations. First of all, LeBron's one awkward landing away from walking off the floor. Like, he, as much as he looked good this weekend, he's not – He's not 100%. He's not going to be 100%. So there's always a chance of that. How many times, guys, over the years have you seen Anthony Davis leave games early? I don't know that there's a star in the league that's left more games early than Anthony Davis. You have to absolutely understand that things may fall your way in a certain way, and you need to have your guys where you need to have them to make sure that they do fall that way. And I think that's crucial, absolutely crucial here. For Golden State, you, you're, you're, you put yourself in a spot where it's two to win one, Play those two with your, you know, 90 miles an hour with your hair on fire, doing everything you can to win them. Brian, I don't, I don't see the Celtics going anywhere after the play-in. I don't think they can win a matchup uh, either against um, a one or a two seed in the East here, especially against Philadelphia if they end up losing 
to the Wizards and then beating either the Hornets or the Pacers. How much time do you think Brad Stevens has left in Boston? Well, I, keep in mind, they just signed him to an extension last year. Let's, let's do a little bit of financial math, guys. They just signed him to an extension last year. It's a pretty rich extension. They, they added, I think, two or three years onto his deal. And I believe this would have been the last year of his old contract or the first year of the new one. So I think he has two years left, which tells me he gets one more year. They're not going to want to eat a lot of money with him. And, and I don't blame them. They just keep in mind, they made a trade at the trade deadline where they swapped a valuable player in Daniel Tice to bring in Mo Wagner, who they cut two weeks later to bring in Jabari Barker, who hasn't been able to get any minutes for them whatsoever. That was not a basketball trade. That was a financial trade to make sure they stayed under the tax. They are, this is a team and an ownership group that doesn't want to squander money right now. They've been absolutely hurt by the fact that there's been nobody in the building there. That's been a big problem for them. They have a very nice, rich TV deal, but they didn't believe enough in this team to do that. But part of it is the finances. So I just look at them financially and say they're not going to eat money on Brad Stevens, you know, or eat a lot of money. With that said, you know, I've, you know, in talking to sources in and around the Celtics, his message has gotten stale. He's not getting through to anybody anymore. Big issues between him and Marcus Smart I hear going on there. It's not a wonderful situation in Boston. I do think Brad gets one more year to see if he can write this ship. Danny Ainge has got a lot of confidence in him. And the fact is, three of the last four years, they've made a conference final. So Brad has built up some, some kind of some capital and some equity with, with the Celtics ownership and Danny Ainge. But no doubt, they're not going to tolerate another underachieving year like this one, even in spite of all the obstacles the Celtics face. So I think Brad definitely, Brad's definitely going to get another one. If he has a good one, then hey, yeah, he'll be their coach going forward because I know they'd really rather keep him than have to go in another direction. But I think if we see a lot of the same of what we saw this year, next year, I don't know that Stevens is long for that job. Brian Geltzahler joining us, founder of HoopsCritic.com. You can catch him on SiriusXM NBA Radio and, of course, NBA TV as well. Brian, Mike and I both like this Portland-Denver matchup. No Jamal Murray for the Nuggets in this one. Nuggets are a minus-120 favorite here, Portland plus-105. This should be a very competitive and interesting series. Uh, any particular leans for you here? Yeah, I'm leaning towards Portland. You know, keep in mind, those two played in a second-round series two years ago where Portland won a Game 7 on the road in Denver. And, and it, was, it was a very interesting and very fun series and how it was played. And C.J. McCollum, if you remember correctly, had an amazing Game 7 on the road to be able to win that. This is a better Portland team than that. And Denver, without Jamal Murray, I mean, Denver's a good team, don't get me wrong, but without Jamal Murray, they are missing something that you're going to desperately need this Western Conference to be able to come out of it, which is that guy to hand the ball with, with less than five seconds on the shot clock that's going to go find his own shot. Now, Michael Porter has been that guy for them in the absence of Murray, but to expect him to do it at a level that Murray did it last year in the bubble is very naive. I just don't think that's going to happen. And then when you look at Portland, listen, Portland lost that series, and they didn't have Yusuf Nurkic on the floor. Nurkic is such a valuable part of that team. He may be more important to that team than C.J. McCollum, just for what he delivers defensively, his level of energy, his level of enthusiasm, his physicality. He's as good a positional defending big man as there is in the league. You look at Covington, you look at Norm Powell, who hasn't missed a beat going from Toronto to Portland and has played great. This is a good team, this is a deep team, and they can defend much better than prior incarnations of this group. So I, I like Portland a lot in that series. I think Portland is, a, to me, Portland is a team that, that has a, a puncher's chance to actually come out of the conference. I think they can be that good. They've certainly finished very strong into the close here this year, and I think Portland is a very, very dangerous team in this playoff. 
Brian, when you look at the Eastern Conference, has this set up for the 76ers to finally get through? I mean, they're going to get the if they assuming they win Celtics Wizards or or whoever comes out of, the, of that play in. Um, you know, you get the winner of Knicks in Atlanta. You shouldn't have to be extended deep in that second round series to face probably the Nets or possibly the Bucks. Is it, does this just set up the way this this bracket is for the Sixers to get through? It sets up very well because ultimately they're only going to have to beat one of the, of the Nets or the Bucks. <clears throat> I will also say this: I think they're going to be rooting very hard in that other second round series for Milwaukee to beat Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn gives them many more problems than Milwaukee gives them. I think Milwaukee there, they know how to match up with Milwaukee. I think even with Holiday there, even with Tucker there, I think they have enough perimeter guys that they can deal with those guys. Simmons has become, you know, one of the best defensive players in the league, and I think that's going to be something that hurts Milwaukee on the perimeter and gives Philadelphia multiple options to guard Giannis. And Milwaukee doesn't have multiple options to be able to guard Joel Embiid. Now, I will say this about the Sixers' road. If the Knicks beat the Hawks in that 4-5 series, which I believe that they will, I don't think that's going to be an easy series for Philly. Philly will win the series. They will come out of it bruised and battered. The Knicks will make turn that into a grind fest. The Knicks will make sure that they shut down everybody around Joel Embiid. Embiid may get 45 a game in that series, but the Knicks will stay in games with that happening because they guard the perimeter really, really well. They guard the three-point line really well, and they'll take away so much of what Philadelphia does well outside of Joel Embiid. I think that's a it's a matchup that won't be easy for Philadelphia. So, listen, I think they could run through Atlanta without a problem. I think Atlanta would actually be easy for them. I don't have a lot. As good as Atlanta's defense has been in the second half of the season, I don't have a lot of faith in it in the playoff situation. But the, the Knicks' style of play, the Knicks' pace of play, which is one of the three slowest in the league, is favors playoff basketball. And I think you'll see the Knicks come out and do a really good job here. Listen, I don't know that they, they I don't think they could win a second round series against Philly. They could take in the six or even seven. It won't be easy for the Sixers if the Knicks is who they have in the second round. Brian, I could agree with you completely on the Knicks getting past the Hawks. They went three and zero during the regular season. I don't understand why this series price is at a pick 'em. Knicks have the home court advantage. I love the way Tibbs' team has played defensively, and it kind of plays into their hands, as you alluded to, going into the postseason. Uh, how do you see this one? I think it's Knicks and six. Yeah, I think Nixon six is pretty accurate. I think that I think Atlanta will certainly get to somewhere along the line, probably in their own building. This is going to be a tempo war. Atlanta wants to create space. They want Young to get up and down the floor. They want Young to have threes in transition. That's going to be their game. The Knicks are going to walk this thing up the floor in Randall's hands. That's what they do. And ultimately, one of the things I look at is the Knicks' ability to crowd Trey Young and blitz him and keep the ball out of his hands. I think is going to be something that's going to be more effective than what Atlanta is going to do with Julius Randle, of which they have no answer for Julius Randle whatsoever. Now, listen, there's guys on Atlanta when the ball gets out of Young's hands that will hurt you if you don't rotate over to them properly. Guys like uh, Bogdanovich and Gallinari and Kevin Herter, guys are going to shoot the basketball. But the Knicks are a really good team at defending the arc. They're a very good help defense team. And, and in the end, I think that's going to really benefit them well. I agree with you. I think the price on that, should be a whole lot higher in the Knicks' favor than what it is. The Knicks are an overlay here. You know, keep this in mind also. I know you, I'm sure you guys know this. And, and the, the number is a ballpark number. The Knicks were like 65% cover this season, in the regular season. 65% of their games, they were covering the number. And, and I mean, maybe, maybe that may have, you know, by a percentage point or two in either direction. But a number like that, it, to me, is a tremendous number with a team who's playing style 
favors playing in the playoffs like the Knicks does. Yeah, Brian, you bring up an excellent point. This year, the Knicks 45-26-1 against the spread. Incredible. Yep. Brian, Brian, we got about a, about a minute left. Who comes out of the West? I like the Clippers. I, you know, listen, I, I, I'm not sure I love what they did the last two games here to get on the opposite side of the draw as the Lakers, but I get it. I get it in this respect. The, it's for the Lake Clippers to face the Lakers before the conference finals, a tremendous disadvantage to them because home court goes away that, and they, so they figured let's get on the opposite side of the draw of the Lakers. The other thing with the Clippers, they struggle with small guards. So they pretty much ducked the side of the draw that had Lillard, Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. They struggle with those small, quick guards. And now they're into Dallas with Luka that doesn't have one of those types of guards and, and Conley and Utah on that side. So I really, I think the Clippers are going to defend well enough. I like, I think Rondo's a great addition for them. Help the Abaka is a big key for them. He played and played well yesterday and looked good. Brian Getzlauer, founder of Hoops Critics. Catch him on SiriusXM NBA TV. Thanks for the time, Brian. Always my pleasure, guys. You take care. Thank you. Great stuff. Outstanding stuff, and I love his stat about the Knicks. Tremendous season. When we come back, we're going behind the bets, and Amal's going to Paris, France. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amol Shaw. In this segment, we're going to go behind the bets, get a detailed description for one of the plays from each of us today. Amal Shaw, you've been very good at tennis. You don't get to give out a lot of tennis because these games are played at midnight, 2 a.m., and it's very hard. You don't necessarily know the number on the show today for tomorrow's early morning games. Here's a future that you have a chance to give out. Yeah, so one of the reasons why you do units and I don't is for a situation like this. I am a fan of, hey, if you've got the right bet, you just absolutely fire. If your bankroll is $1,000, to me, this is a bet you put 500 on, you put half your bankroll on. Uh, Rafael Nadal has now gone to minus 140 to win the French Open. Uh, he had tremendous success on Sunday, knocking off Novak Djokovic in three sets uh, in, to win the, I think it was, was it the Italian Open. I can't yeah. even remember the tournaments now, mm-hmm. but... Um, to me, Rafa is right now sitting at minus 140 to win the French Open. That's a little bit of a high price. But remember, he's really going to have two matches where he's got to win, the semis and the final. In his career, in the French Open, during the semis and the finals, he's 26-0. and This guy is unbelievable. His career record at Roland Garros, Mike, 100 wins, two losses, a loss coming in 2009 against Robin Soderling, and a loss in 2015 coming against uh, Novak Djokovic. Since that time, he has gone on to win the French Open uh, Four consecutive times starting at 27 to 2020, excuse me, 2017 to 2020. Also, previously, he's won it five times, and he's also won four in a row at another time. He is going for his second, fifth consecutive run at the French Open. I think he gets it done. This is a guy that has won 102 consecutive matches on clay when he wins the first set. Think about that for a minute. His last loss came against Pablo Cuevas in Rio de Janeiro back in 2016. He has been dominant. So to me, if you've got a bankroll, you're going to have to tie it up for a couple of weeks now. Remember, the French Open will start on Sunday, and it'll go through the uh, two Sundays from then. But Rafa Nadal, anywhere between minus 130 to 140 to win the French Open, he's really going to have one to two matches. I don't think Novak can beat him in five matches this year. 
Dominic team not playing like the player he once was. And Stefano Sitsipas is probably the only other challenger on clay. But five at Roland Garros, at Philip Chatrier, it's just not going to happen. You mean to tell me that if he'd have beat Joker in 15, he'd be going for 11 in a row? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, because it won 16. He had to bow out because of an injury after okay. the second round. He All won right. the I second see. round match and to bow out due to I injury. See. Amal, you had a great text you sent to Jacob Roach, the producer, and me uh, and myself about Djokovic really had to play two matches in one day, yeah. and Nadal was laying in wait for him in the final. What an advantage that was in uh, in Italy. Yeah, it really <laughs> was. For Saturday, there was a rainout Friday, so Novak had to play two matches. He was, down, against, he was down, down the first a, yeah. set to Tsitsipas. Yeah, he was down a set and a break in the second <laughs> set to uh, Stefano Tsitsipas. He and you to, told me, bet Joker coming back, it's a new day. It's a new day. And he Come, did. He came back and won 7-5, <laughs> seven, 7-5 five, seven, five in the next two. And then he had to play Soniga. He goes two hours and 45 cents against the young Italian, two hours and 45 minutes. Ends up playing about four hours plus, four and a half hours on Saturday. Rafa, Mike, and Rafa kind of tanked that second set. Third set, it was game on. And on the clay, my man got his 10th title in Rome. Yeah, great call there. Okay, uh, I'm going to go to uh, Seattle baseball today. I'm going to take Yusei Kikuchi and the Mariners' first five against the Tigers. This is a very bad team, but it's an even worse team on the road. Tigers are 5-14 uh, and 14 on the road this year. I'm, uh, you know, they just don't hit the ball. You know, the team averaged down there around 215. It's going against Casey Mize. Casey Mize, 16 bases on balls in 38 innings here. So you're going to get runners on the pond, ducks on the pond here in the first five innings. And then Kikuchi's last three starts have been very good. All quality starts. He's gone six and a third, seven and seven. And the strikeout to walk ratio in the last three starts, 25 to four. He left that game at Chavez Ravine with the lead. Should have won as a $2 dog against Walker Bueller, who's also going tonight for the Dodgers. Yeah, that's why I think whip is such an important stat, because if you look at him, he's got a whip under 1.1, whereas his ERA is a little bit misleading. By the way, you didn't give the proper Kikuchi introduction that you normally give. You say Kikuchi, I say tomato. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. I want to make like sure you this. got it right, otherwise it might jinx the play today. Yeah, I, I think he's been throwing well. He's been touching 96 on the gun, and I just think it's a big advantage. I actually made this number here with the with the Mariners tonight against the Tigers closer to $2. I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah. M's have won three in a row. I think it's a good opportunity. Detroit, we see they continue to scuffle 14 wins in 40 games so far. This is just, you know, when you look at historically, the Tigers are one of the premier franchises in the history of baseball. And to see them struggle like this, it's got to be really disheartening for a lot of Tigers fans. Yeah, talk about Seattle. That was a great series. They played against a hot yeah, Cleveland team. team. Taking and, out Bieber on Sunday. Took out took out Savali, took out Bieber. Yeah. Uh, very impressive effort uh, Impressive effort for, for Seattle over the weekend. Can Seattle catch Oakland and Houston, in your opinion? Because the Astros are coming on. Oakland's still playing consistent uh, after that rough start. Here come the Astros, though, right? I yeah, mean, they're, absolutely. They're playing really well right now. They kind of hit a little weaker part of their schedule. A's up and down a little bit. It was an interesting series. They blew that game Saturday in Minnesota. You know, they had the three-run lead, and they give up the home run. Uh, that was a tough loss, but they bounced back and beat uh, beat Maeda yesterday. Yeah, I just want to give you a quick update before we go to break. Royals six and a half back. <laughs> they won a game? Yeah, they, they did win a game. Yeah, yeah, they did win a they, couple they won, this weekend. They won that first game yeah, in the doubleheader yeah, against exactly. the White Sox. Uh, next up, we're going to take a look at Major League Baseball today. Um, <clears throat> take a look at the Major League Baseball schedule today. Some top pitching matchups, including a pair of aces.
mall. Did you know we have a new feature on vcin.com? Every day we're posting the latest betting splits on every game in the major sports with current odds and what percentage of bets and money are being placed on each game. Check this info daily to find out which games are seeing the most tickets written and if that matches the money coming in on those games to help you find a betting hedge. And of course, we have all the odds, data, and analysis for every game as well. Start your next sports bet at vcin.com. Go ahead. Are you pretty fired up about that? I, I'm jumping out of my seat. Do you, use gotta... that? Do you often use percentage of tickets versus percentage of money in determining where you'll make a play? Hey. All right, let's get to Major League Baseball. Lighten up, Francis. Let's get to Major League Baseball. The National League West leading San Francisco Giants continue their Eastern road trip. They go from Pittsburgh to Cincinnati for a 340 Pacific start today. Logan Webb takes on Sonny Gray. You know, Sonny Gray hasn't won a game yet. I'm all here. Uh, Reds are about a dollar uh, thirty favorite here. I looked at Sonny Gray first five, but the split was really bad. It goes up to a dollar forty-five on the first five. Sonny Gray. Yeah, Reds right now minus one thirty-seven. Giants plus one eighteen. This is going to be an interesting matchup, and I just don't think the Giants are getting enough credit. I got to tell you right now, Mike. I had the uh, Dodgers game uh, over in game. Glad they couldn't score after the first couple of innings. Decided to take the final six innings of that game off, but yeah. that's okay. A bullpen game for the Dodgers in Seattle, and uh, Florida only scores, Miami scores three, and then the Dodgers don't score after the third inning. Yeah, and I think <laughs> it's about time we start paying attention. Unlike the Kansas City Royals, start paying attention to the San Francisco Giants team. They are dangerous. Eight games over 500, Mike. Really done a nice job. And, you know, I know a lot of people like the statistics on run yeah. differential. That's not as big of an issue for me, but I think it's a good opportunity for them. Not a bad plus price here. I am a little bit concerned, can their bats be consistent enough? When I look at the Giants, I don't feel like they have enough consistent hitting. That's my one long-term concern with them. You know who is a whole new man there, and I'm talking about a starting pitcher. Unbelievably well he's pitching is Gaussman. Kevin Gaussman. Gaussman. Yeah. I mean, I think he's made a huge difference for them. They just keep getting quality starts every day. You know, but, They don't give up three runs, three, four runs every game. And I, you know, the question's about... They're bats, yes, but they're in every game. They really are, and he's done a nice job so far. 3-0, he's got an ERA under 2 so far for this Giants team. What's impressive to me is when you look at him and Sclafani, both of them with whips under 1, can they continue that? I, I think Alex Wood is a bit of an aberration. I think Alex Wood's contract calls for him to never pitch more than 4 and 2 thirds in, in a game. Might go 5 max if there's a bonus clause in there. I've never been an Alex Wood fan. Neither Even when he, he started out 10-0 and 0 for the Dodgers yeah. or whatever it was that year. I, just, I thought it was always because of the offense, yeah, right? I'm not a believer right. in Alex Wood. Yeah. Let's turn our attention now to the AL Central. This was a matchup uh, that the White Sox dominated last week in Chicago. Now they travel north um, to Minneapolis-St. Paul to take on the Twins, trying to put more uh, more distance between themselves and the rest of their foes. You have Dal- a pair of crafty left-handers take the hill tonight. Dallas Keuchel, 2-1, 453 ERA, 126 whip. J.A. Happ, 2-1, 426 ERA, 111 whip. It's like the same pitcher going out there except for different teams. I believe he goes by just J. J. Happ. J. Happ. You know, if you're Minnesota, you're in serious trouble. No Byron Buxton in the lineup. This team, 10.5 games behind the Chicago White Sox right now. You know, I talked about that series against them last week in Chicago being critical for the Twins, and we saw that. They struggled in that one getting swept. Now you look at where they're in the standings. If you're going to make any kind of push, you've got the Twins here, and then you've got the Yankees in New York. This could be the uh, swan song. It might be okay for you folks up in the Twin Cities to get ready for Vikings football pretty soon. I would tell you to get ready for the Gophers and uh, rowing the boat, but I don't think P.J. Flex is going to do that much this year. What I, I think the Twins are in trouble tonight. What I thought was in – oh, so I, you're going to play White Sox? Yeah, I like Dallas oh. Keuchel here. You, you, well, here's the thing. Minnesota offensively, what have they done that's given you any confidence in this team? Well, that, you know, that's my point. Nine and a half is an awful big total here. 
It is, but this ballpark, I'm telling you, I've got beat too often playing unders here. I, I don't like a target field to play unders. The ball seems to carry. We know the Twins going to hit the ball. better in the day. It is, but we're <clears> also getting to that point of the year now where it's getting warm. We're in mid to late May. I, I think this is one I'm going to stay away from the total. I just have concerns on this team overall when you look at them offensively. White Sox were effective. They put up 26 runs against them in the three-game set. We saw Oakland also offensively be able to do some things against this team. I think this could be a serious problem for Minnesota going forward until they get Buxton back in the lineup. I agree with you. I I tend to lean under here. I'm not sure if I'm going to play it or not. Let's go to the opposite side of the spectrum. This is a pitching rematch from game one of the doubleheader in Colorado. Uh, John Gray against Yu Darvish. We see a total here, six and a half at Petco tonight. Uh, Remember the seven inning total was six and a half when they played at Coors. Four and a half first five. It was one nothing John Gray after five innings, and the Padres got to him in the sixth. Yeah, you can't play the under six and a half here. This mm-hmm. is this game is horrendous in every way. <laughs> no, it really is. Look, the Rockies are not going to win on the road. Okay, Mike. The Rockies have played sixteen road games. You want to guess what their road record is? Um, three and thirteen. Wrong. Two and fourteen. <laughs> okay, I, I overshot it. <laughs> you, you did. That's my point. I'm glad you actually did on that one. Two <laughs> and fourteen. But Darvish is 210. Gray is capable of shutting down the San Diego offense. On the flip side, the total is precarious. If it were a seven, it's an easy play on the under. Six and a half, you could theoretically get beat. But Colorado doesn't score away from home. I I just don't like playing this game either way. Do you take the run line with the Padres? I don't want to do that. And you're not going to take a run and a half with this Rockies team away from home. Maybe unplayable, to your point. That's that's exactly Remember, I parlayed the Padres in both ends of the doubleheader. I was in trouble down one nothing with Darvish. They rallied. But in the second game, they lost an extra innings 3-2. So that ticket blew. That was when, with Snell in the second game there. This is a tough one. I mean, do you play under three and a half first five? No, because here at DraftKings right now, the line is minus 143. That's a big number. The other thing is, Mike, we know. I saw threes out there plus 108. I don't like that you either. Like that's a terrible. No, that's a terrible number because now you push on the three. When, but it's not about the push there. The problem is you have to hold it to two runs or less to be able to get a win. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think that's going to mm-hmm. happen, then just play the game under the total. Mm-hmm. Then you get the bullpens involved. I'm not a big fan of the Colorado bullpen. San Diego played very well over the weekend against the hot Cardinals team. Look, if I told you this total was 16 and a half, and because I gave it out, you'd say you're not a fan of it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> One more game I wanted to touch on here today. Mad Bomb, who we were all ready to write off after his first three starts, has been great as of late. Improved his record to four and two. Takes on Walker Bueller. Uh, uh, Walker Bueller only one decision this year. One and all. A lot of games he gives up two or three runs, and he goes out. Hyde, I mean, the whip's impressive. What's really impressive is the strikeout-to-walk ratio. Walker Bueller, I think he's second least walks per nine innings. And the strikeout-to-walk ratio, 47-3 to so far. But he has given up eight long balls. Yeah, he, yeah, that's the one concern you have with him. I'll tell you what, though, this is too high of a price on the Dodgers. Offense is struggling. This has got to be a play on the D-backs. Madison Bumgarner, which you just alluded to, has been tremendous over his last four starts in terms of what he's been able to do. 25 innings, 29 Ks. Remember, he had a no-hitter thrown in there as well, and just two earned runs during that stretch, Mike. Think about that for a minute. In terms of what he's been able to do, uh, he has been tremendous. Yeah, I'm tempted to, to take a little shot here at the Diamondbacks tonight. The Dodgers aren't hitting. They're not scoring any runs. Is there an echo in here? They, I bet, but that's the point. I mean, how, how did they keep laying 220 when they may only get to three? Oh, it's 225 really to with the way Bumgarner yeah. is pitched? No way. Can't do it. Got to be the Diamondbacks here or no play. Yeah. All right. When we come back, it's the Palm Reader's Playbook as well as a mall in. Now, on Friday, a mall, you gave out a two-team parlay. Are you aware that only counts as one bet? I am. Thank okay. you. We both split on our parlays. We, yeah, the, I was like, the okay, one smart guy. The, the, the one bet is a loss. <laughs> we definitely have a play from them all next.
With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time play through BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Probably have a losing problem. Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Well, I've never heard anybody that just won a million bucks say they're going to Gamblers Anonymous. I'm all. He tried to parlay on Friday. We didn't get there. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. Well, you know, the good news, it was over by 2 o'clock. <laughs> well, Giolito. God yeah, almighty, exactly. Giolito. We were both done with Giolito. Yeah. Um, you're going to go back to the well on the parlay to go on your I'm all in segment here today. Yeah, going to the National Hockey League. I like Carolina at home. I don't want to lay 165 because I think in these playoff games, any, anybody can be gotten. We saw it yesterday with Minnesota coming on the road, taking care of business against VGK at T-Mobile. Carolina at home, and then I'm going to go to Denver and the Pepsi Center. Is it still the Pepsi Center? It might be a different name by now. No, it's Pepsi. Um, I like the Avalanche here. It's a big price at $3, but I chose to parlay because I don't want to lay $3. I know your guy, Jordan Biddington, still have a uh, poster of him up in your house after that run for the Blues. Right next to Oscar Dance because he came and signed autographs, so they're they're both up there in my my room. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I like Colorado here to win this game. I think they're going to dominate this series. I actually think they take out St. Louis in four to five games. You're shaking your head. I don't know. I just think you got to give some respect to Bennington. I mean, he went on a run from January all the way through and brought him a Stanley Cup. I know this Colorado is the better team here. I just think the price is out. The series price yeah. is like six dollars. So, so let me ask you a They're question. They're betting this team like it's the Red Army. <laughs> I said that last year about the Avalanche, and my stars beat them. Grant Fuhrer's <laughs> won multiple Stanley Cups. If he's playing tonight, should I take him and company playing? He plays golf with Darren Banks a Does lot. Does he really? Yeah. He comes down <laughs> one for of the, the great celebrity. ones of all time. They're they're, they're very close. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I don't know. I guess I have to lay off it or maybe look in game if if you're if if what you're saying is true and and it gets away from them. Look at Colorado in an in-game circumstance, but I can't. I just can't lay that kind of a price. All right, let's go to the playbook. Uh, an interesting weekend. We had more losers than winners, uh, but fortunately, the winners were uh, on the on the multiple unit plays, on the soccer plays. So we didn't have that. Uh, it, it didn't get that ugly because we were able to. And then, of course, Edmonton as a series is the, is the big play for us. Behind the bets, we talked about Kikuchi. Mize uh, Mize is walking over three guys per nine. Tigers don't hit. Tigers are terrible on the road. Kikuchi's been good, especially of late. Last three starts, all quality with a 25-4 to strikeout-to-walk ratio. I'll lay the 175 first five there. And then I'm with you about Hurricanes. I mean, I think this series is not close. I don't think Nashville beat good teams at all this year. They played in a good division, and they beat up on the bad teams in that division. They dominated Chicago. They dominated Detroit. They dominated Dallas, even. You know, And that's what got them in the playoffs. But they didn't play that well against the Carolina Hurricanes, Tampa Bay, um, or Florida. So I think the Hurricanes will dominate. I like the puck line tonight. Get back plus 150 if you can win this game by two or more goals. Of course, I also have them for the series uh, to win, to sweep plus $7, and I have them to win in five at plus 850. I like your uh, win in five. I I really think those are two good plays. What do they really think this is going six games with? It's interesting the sweep's shorter than the five, right? I I mean... (laughs) I'm just surprised by some of this. I think Carolina has played particularly well. 
You see, this goes back to my point I made earlier, Mike, where they're steadfast in their position. They didn't give the Panthers enough credit. I know give Tampa light, uh, credit yesterday. The Lightning come from behind and win that game. But to me, that was a game the Panthers let slip away. Just dumb penalties, some of them along the way. I think Carolina playing particularly well should have a great opportunity to win this series in four to five games. I like them against uh, Nashville as, as, as you do in this matchup. Mike, I got a question for you that you asked me when college basketball ended. English Championship League now. We're in the playoff situation. I know. Two games left in the Premier League. La Liga, Bundesliga, all coming to an end. What are you going to do? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm going to have to uh, take a little bit of a break here, probably focus more on baseball and the NHL playoffs. Tell you what I'm looking forward to, the French Open the, and getting over, getting to Wimbledon, getting that swing over, get to the hard courts in North America so I can get it on a regular sleep pattern. All these tournaments going at 2 o'clock in the morning kills me. Yeah. I mean, how long is Greek soccer going? Do we know if Greek soccer is? I have to look at their schedule. If, if I don't they know. Keep... Check, check how long the hyperinflation lasts. Though we'll know how long they're betting on the matches. <laughs> if we know how long Greek soccer lasts, that could be some solace to me. I want to talk about the one game we didn't talk about that actually goes tonight. Bruins-Capitals. Obviously, this was another overtime game. Capitals won. They defended home ice, although they are the underdog in this series. Again, a slight dog tonight. How do you see this game shaping up? I two things here. I lean towards the Caps, but I don't say, excuse me, uh, towards the Boston Bruins, uh, but I'm not going to play it. I like the under five and a half here, Mike. I think this is going to be a defensive lower scoring game. I still think Washington can win this one 3-2. And because this game's on the road, it's not necessarily a scenario where I think the Bruins can come out and get that win. Remember, home ice, you get that last change makes a big difference in certain situations especially when you want to match up with your first line, maybe against a third line or even a fourth line in the second period. So a good opportunity. I like this under five and a half here. I think Boston defensively would be on it. All right. Now I want to turn our attention back to the NBA and the series that we already know that are set beyond the, uh, beyond the play-ins, a couple series we didn't talk about the four five matchup in the West. Um, nothing to talk about here. But, well, it's, it, it's going to be a four to five game series. Yeah. No shot for your Dallas Mavericks? No, unfortunately not. I think Cuban's too busy doing other business things. And Donnie Nelson, after he won the ring, decided, I'm going to go make some money in other businesses. Um, I, I just think Dallas is, look, it's Luka. It's fun to watch. But it's reflected in the price. You see a minus 360 price on the Clippers here, Mike. I think this is what the Clippers have been waiting for all year long. Kawhi Leonard, the load management nonsense, that'll stop now that we're in the postseason. I think you're going to get a tremendous effort. And if you're the Clippers... In this postseason, because it's going to be pretty challenging, not only in the West, but to win the finals, they're looking at four series. This is the one where you can probably get out of here in five. You've got to figure out a way to do it. Who's favored second round? Jazz Clippers. Clippers. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, look at, the, look at the odds to win the West. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, if you could throw up the odds to win the Western Conference right now, you take a look at it. The Clippers are the team. I know you like them coming out of I the do. West. I hope they do. I, I just think it'll be good for that franchise. They've had a lot of turmoil for a long time. Right now, Clippers plus 225, Lakers plus $2. It is amazing to me that the Lakers were at higher numbers, and now I took them earlier in the season. I still think the Lakers are going to come out of the West. I, I just don't believe in the Clippers. I don't believe in everybody else. When AD and LeBron are healthy, I think that's the toughest combination going. Let's assume the Lakers beat the Warriors in the 7-8 game. They then draw the Suns. Do we really consider that an assumption? They then draw the Suns. Yeah. Well, let's go through that scenario. Are the Lakers uh, a two-to-one or bigger favorite over the Suns seven-two matchup? I think the number you use seven-two. Let's go with that. They're going to be minus three fifty. Yeah. They're going to they're going to be dominant in this series. The Ooh. Suns right now seven to one. Look, I I give Chris Paul and that team a lot of credit for what they've been able to do all year, but I think the Lakers at the end of the day uh, are going to be in a great position. Also, one other thing to keep in mind: the Lakers play tomorrow. Then they, get, they would have a couple days off, start mm -hmm. the weekend series on Sunday probably, maybe Saturday. 
I like the idea that they're playing the one game in the middle of the week. I think it's going to bode well for them. Get off to a fast start in their series. I think they've got a great opportunity here. I think the Lakers are going to emerge in this one. You, uh, What are your future tickets? You have the Lakers. I have the Lakers, yeah. And to me, I, I took it because I felt like as long as they get to the West Finals, I have an opportunity to hedge off on them. Didn't make a big bet on them. I, I think the Lakers are the team to beat. I still think, you know, they'll get the benefit of some calls. Look, if it were David Stern still the commissioner, I would unload it on the Lakers, but that's in the past. All right, let's turn our attention to the East. You said it's going to be one of the big three come out. Do you have any tickets live for the East? No, you know, I'll tell you where I'm really ticked off is that JVT had talked about the Philadelphia 76ers when they were about a billion to one to win, and he was right on it. And now you look at them, but here's what's interesting, Mike. They're still three to one. The Nets and the Bucks have to face each other. Um, I just don't get this price on this one. To me, you have to play Philadelphia here. Uh, I don't think you have to play the Bucks at 3-1. to one. I don't think those are enough odds. Because, remember, the Bucks good looking at getting through the Nets, and then the Bucks have to beat the 76ers, assuming everything holds uh, course. Yeah, I just, they'd never really come off the 76ers still being a third choice and still being like the fifth or sixth choice to win it. I have, I have a matchup. Uh, at 13 to 1 that I bet, a small bet on, that it's Clippers and 76ers in the finals. Look, I think you have a great mm-hmm. chance of that materializing. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it right now, Philadelphia, the way it shakes out, I'm a little bit concerned if the Nets are healthy. I think they get through the Bucks fairly comfortably, probably six games. And I know you sit there and say, well, six games, mm-hmm. how is that comfortable? It, it just in the, the way the NBA is, teams are going to win a game or two along the way. But I think the Nets are a more complete basketball team. And I think the Nets will find a way to eke past the Philadelphia 76ers. In finding series value, I was interested in your conversation with Brian Geltseiler about the Knicks in the first round at a pick'em. 3-0 and <laughs> against Atlanta this year. Been dominant, tremendous defensive team. He talked about the ability of Atlanta to knock down three-point shots. He's right on that. But I think when you look at the, these are going to be half-court games. Here's the other thing. Defense is about effort. Mike, we're not playing back-to-back games here. It's a lot easier to get up to play defensively when you play Tuesday, you play Thursday, you play Saturday than playing Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. I think that makes a, a, that gives the Knicks a huge advantage in this particular spot. I think New York being at home at MSG, they're going to win this series. I think it's a six-game series. I think Atlanta gets a couple of games, but I think the Knicks are the more complete team. Julius Randle's had a tremendous year, as we all know. I, I think it's the New York Knicks who move on in this one. I think we're going to wind up with Philly, New York, Brooklyn, Milwaukee is the way it should be in the East. What do you make of the line move in the Lakers Warriors game from seven down to four and a half? You know, that's interesting. I, I think it's just a respect factor for the way that the uh, Warriors have played. But have you seen the scores in this series this year? If I'm not mistaken, the Warriors won the one game by two points, and the Lakers won by 31 and 26. Mm-hmm. Any, any philosophy you have on totals in NBA playoffs? It depends on the numbers. Now, yep. the first thing I would point to if you're new to betting it, take a look at the total for the game, and then take a look at what the regular season game totals were and see how much of an adjustment is being made. Also, if it's a team that tends to be a little bit more defensive, you could look towards an under because I think you'll get a better game defensively out of teams than you would in the regular season. Uh, If we go to seventh games, I generally like to bet unders, whether it's the NHL, whether it's the NBA. Those games tend to be a lot tighter defensively. People get a little bit more nervous. That's a little bit of a concern. So just something to keep in mind if you're looking at the totals as we go forward. Generally, how many points lower are they going to be in the playoffs? It could could be anywhere between two to three points. We see in the NHL, obviously, everything's going to be a five and a half. Some we're going to see fives. We'll see how big of adjustment they make in the NBA. All right, that's going to do it for the Nuts today. Good luck on all of your bets tonight on the NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, and any future friend opens tickets you might have followed them all on. Betting Across America is next here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. <laughs> 